Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to Podcast Demastered. I'm here with Chelsea, and we have an exciting episode for you. Well, a series of episodes, I guess yes. we should say. Mm-hmm. And long in the making at that. <laughs> for sure. Long in the making. Um, and when we started it, we didn't we didn't think about like how long this would take us to do. Um, so <laughs> buckle in because we're gonna find out <laughs> ourselves. Um, this could be this could be a quite a quite a run of episodes for us. We'll we'll find out. But we have been exploring the wonderful world of the new um, Krakoan Age in the X Men comics. Um, so if you are if you don't really know much about comics or like um, especially the X Men variety, don't worry at all. This is an excellent place to just start listening and kind of figuring out from here. You don't really need to know anything <laughs> to understand what we're talking about. If you if you know like general X Men names, then mm-hmm. you'll be fine. You'll be just fine. Um, if not, go back and watch the X Men movies, like all of them, and you'll be fine after that. So, yep. or check yeah. out our episode too as well. We did a little. Oh yeah, that was a, like two years ago. Yeah, it's been a while now. Yeah, we did a little X-Men episode. It was just a real basic X-Men episode, but it was a really good time. So you can go check that out. Um, we don't remember what we talked about in that episode. We don't We don't know who our favorite mutants were two years ago. So um, They're always changing. If we, if we contradict ourselves in this episode, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. We'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, the point, the reason why we're we're doing this episode is because this year is the 60th anniversary of X-Men. And that's pretty cool. Yep. Think about yeah. that. The first issue came out in 1963. When I was a, a wee <laughs> negative 27 years old. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great times. Yep. Great times. Look how far they've come now with this whole new age, Krakoan age. I know. So Chelsea, your your history with the X Men is is probably a good bit deeper than mine, the Krakoan age, uh, withstanding. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about everything that you've gotten to do, everything. all the things. Don't all skip things. it. Don't skip anything. Don't Not, skip a single anything. <laughs> Not a single issue. Not a single issue. Well, how much time do we have, everybody? No, no literally no. everything. Yeah. Literally all the time. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I feel like I've read a lot, but I mean, I feel like it would take forever to read everything X-Men related. That's my goal one day because it's just, there's so many characters, so many storylines. But yeah, I mean, I first got into X-Men comics. It's, I think I told the story in the other episode, but I'll tell it again. I was on a mission trip and one of our like young adult leaders was reading a comic and I was like, oh, what's that? And she was like, it's the X-Men. And I was like, oh, I've heard of the X-Men. Like I watched the cartoon and stuff. I'm like, they're really cool. And it was uh, the new age. And so that was kind of like a new story arc. That was like mid 2000s, I think. Or something was that when that was going on and it was a fun read it had a bunch of new characters that i hadn't been familiar with that i hadn't seen in any other like tv show or movies and i just really got into that and started reading from that point onward and then i kind of started reading everything up to i don't know up until a couple of years ago and i feel like when i kind of stopped when you ended yeah i started <laughs> yeah kind of almost i feel like there's another little gap in there but that was definitely where i left off and then you've been talking about it and gushing about it and i'm just like i don't know where i've been like i don't know why i stopped reading them i think it was just like i just didn't have time or didn't want to check them all out from the library or whatnot but 
I'll just already say it's been a blast reading X-Men comics again, and I'm so glad to be able to talk about this with you. And I know, I've, um, I'm glad we're finally doing it, because uh, I don't, like, reading all of this stuff, I, di- I didn't want to, like, talk about it too much, because I didn't want to just ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Um, in case you ever picked it back up, but like the only other person <laughs> I have to talk about it is my fiance, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, okay, okay." But he's like you, where he's kind of like he's read like older stuff. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have any context for like this the now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just tell him everything now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But I, I try to get him to read it too, so he can like understand the more like intricate details and like the the characterization of everybody nowadays compared to when he would have read and stuff like mm-hmm. that but but now we get to do it now we get to yes. do it together mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully our listeners will be interested in this too because yeah i think in general this is kind of a good starting off point in a lot of ways like there's been a lot of history for all these characters but like this is a place where it's almost like this reset in a way as well it is it's a yeah. it's a huge reset and they really just said like at the start of this age, they it's a it's not just like a, a new starting point. It's like a whole um it's like a whole timeline shift kind of. Um, where they said, Hey, if you don't know anything, anything about like what's happened with all with these hundreds of characters before now, don't worry about it. We'll mm-hmm. tell you if you need to remember anything, we'll let you know. And then so you you could just keep reading. You don't have to go back and read anything. Unless unless something catches your eye mm-hmm. and they're referring to something and you're like, oh, I've done that a few times. They've talked about, just brought something up that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that happened. And I went to Google real fast. And I'm like, oh, it was this or like these handfuls of issues or this run or this event. And I've gone back and just kind of, you know, glanced at it and go, oh, I, did, I had no idea that that happened. Yeah. And there's even some little notes within some of the different issues that has little asterisks about like, referencing like see this comic if you want to know more information about this particular storyline and i was Mm -hmm. like oh that's cool like i'll definitely have to go check that one out later because i don't think i've read that as well or something yeah so it's all very except like it's amazingly accessible Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and and i see i I didn't really start reading x-men until the krakoan age started Mm -hmm. um and i had read just little things here and there nothing in any kind of grouping or a run or any, I've never done any of that, but just starting at Krakoa, like, I feel like I know so much now just because I've started here and yeah. then I've gone back to, to catch what I wanted to catch just for extra information and entertainment. Well, that's really, yeah, great that like, it's so interesting, like, yeah, having your experience that and then like that you're almost like lucky enough though that you're able to like get right in at this beginning part that was able to be the introductory mm-hmm. to you and help you also want to read some of the older ones as well but has such an interesting story that we'll definitely talk a little bit about that like propels you forward to know want to know what happens next oh yeah the x-men it's so much drama (laughs) so much i don't know it's just you can't have the x-men without a lot of drama um but you know and before this before this age they said you also you couldn't tell a story without death Mm. and jonathan hickman um, he sat down and while well, they were trying to come up with, because, you know, before the Cohen age, the X-Men line was just. It's been depressing. Oh, just, it was a mess. Well, it was just, it like, everybody was dying. It was just bad, not like bad storylines, like. It was all spiraling. Badly written and, yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like negative and awful. And all of this stuff was happening. 
and he sat down and he's just like we're gonna like we're gonna fix this but he got tired of especially with mutants you know death is a thing with mutants Mm -hmm. everybody dies and because of comic books they always come back and he sat down he said i want to make it to where you like if we want to tell a good story it's not going to be about people dying death is not important in a story anymore so Mm -hmm. what does he do he creates a thing where mutants can come back to life Mm-hmm. Which we'll 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 talk about that later, I'm sure. But he told his writers, he said, "No more. A character dying is no longer like a story point. You know, yeah, it's not motivation for what's going to happen happen next. It's not it's not important because it's going to be fixed on the next the very next page, not in the next run, not in the next book, the next page. It's it's fixed. Yeah. So instead of those infamous lines that really changed things in the course of recency about no more mutants, we have no more nothing to worry about for these mutants going forward oh yes (laughs) (laughs) or debatably nothing to worry about debatably (laughs) we'll find out here soon i'm sure but um but no it's the the krakoan age really just took took all the mutants put them all together everybody's on the same page both figuratively and literally (laughs) (laughs) Uh um and i don't know i don't think i don't think anything has helped the mutants so much in their run quite like this there's nothing comparable to what has happened here i don't think it's a bold very dramatic step for them it was it was it was such a it was such a like it was such a chance it was such a risk i think although like it's also jonathan hickman so i don't think he saw it i thought he i'm pretty sure he was like we'll be fine but um to the fans i'm pretty sure it was like whoa this is like a dramatic like it brings out a lot of feelings it is. It's not it's not the good guys versus like the good mutants versus the bad mutants. It's not the X-Men are living in, you know, Xavier's mm-hmm. school. It's not the school is not there. It's not about that anymore. It's about every single mutant, good, bad, and ugly. Yep. All coming together. All living, together, living together. under yes. the same roof. Yeah. Under in the same island. <sighs> yeah. Everybody has to be together or this does not succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's how they sold it, and that's how it has absolutely um worked and so the drama like the drama now comes from it's not good mutant versus bad mutant it's now we now we're we're we are talking survival now we're trying to make sure that humanity is okay with us we're showing the world that we matter we are a power on this world Mm -hmm. and then do you have the enemies that that's created the human enemies that that's created and then you have the mutants good and bad still on the inside going okay how can i make this work better for me Mm -hmm. and not better for we and so it's and that's where the that's where the stories come from but that also that's where that's where the fun comes from too (laughs) the drama so so like you have your you have your bad guys who are just they were like terrifying bad guys. Like you have your apoc like apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He's the he's right there. Magneto. He's right there. But possibly my favorite thing to to happen in this whole thing, you also have Mister Sinister sitting right Get there too. Get out of here! No. And <laughs> so oh gosh, oh Mister Sinister. And and so for people who people who have like watched the X Men movies, like. All of the X-Men movies, you may not really know who Mr. Sinister is, which is totally fair because he hasn't, he was like teased at the end of, I don't know, what movie was that? He was teased, it it was was like a, like Deadpool maybe. Oh, oh, it was New Mutants. 
it was the, he was teased at the end of New Mutants yeah. as a setup for like he's the bad guy behind all of this. But um, but that's it. So they didn't. There was no explanation on who he is. No. He's basically just he's just a dude who he's a uh, geneticist. Geneticist. Yeah. Who's obsessed. <laughs> More or less, he's obsessed <laughs> with, and I—that's not a strong word. No, no, we need something stronger. He's obsessed with Nathan Summers and Jean Grey, and like the genetic potential that their like pe- their power has. Yeah. And some of the biggest stuff to ever happen to the X Men are because of him, mm-hmm. in one way or another. And so many things have been retconned, even to just include him in hindsight. You know, like it's. It's this whole mess. Um, but he's a terrible human being. He's a yeah. he's just and he's just he your quintessential is, scientist. Just a regular human being that was just He he was just a normal human being, but like we'll talk about it later when they set up Krakoa, he fixed that. <laughs> so he could also be part of Krakoa. Uh, fixed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Fixed as in cheated. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. He's also just so creepy looking. Like just seeing yes. his image. He has a very like, distinct oh. look. Yeah. It's a very ick factor all around with just like his Ick factor indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and then he starts talking though. And then he's, he's just, sassy. he's like the funniest <laughs> person in ever. He's just, the, he has the best one-liners. It is fair. And like, he's also aware of it. His thing is like, if I'm not making like pop culture references and snarky one-liners, then why even invite me? Like, yeah. <laughs> and if you don't understand those things, why are you even alive? <laughs> You're done. Waste, like waste literally, he'll fix that. Yeah. It's fine. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, but yes, I enjoy those moments, but I'm still just like, no, no, thank you, please get removed from all the situations minister sinister should have never have been involved in this I'm well like, i got some news bells. for you i so. know <laughs> he ain't going nowhere i know but all the warning bells are there i just am like mm. oh oh no he's a walking red flag for sure yeah. mm-hmm. and they know it they know it but they're like this can't work unless sinister's involved and the sinister's gonna be involved like he asked for some things and we had to yeah. give him some things but we will keep the best die that we can on him he's also part of um the quiet council the group that like governs Mm -hmm. krakoa he's part of that but that that was a decision where it's like keep your enemies closer kind of situation because he's going to have the power regardless whether he's there or not Mm -hmm. so at the very least we can keep an eye on him but he is just (laughs) he's amazing in the worst of ways Uh, definitely absolutely impossible For real. But by mentioning the Quiet Council and stuff, maybe we should do a little bit of mm-hmm. a slight step back and kind of talk about, like, mm. we keep talking about this Krakoan age, but some people may have heard maybe we that big term. say like, what that maybe, is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the heck? How does the story start? Like, why is this, like, a good almost starting place? We just keep talking about all this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think it was, like, the big, like, the prelude to this whole Krakoan age was, like, the, yes. the House of X powers of 10 yeah there was this five issues each yeah it came out weekly one week you'd get house of x the next week you got powers of 10 um and they told like two separate stories kind of Mm -hmm. but they were absolutely like it was just like it was two sides of your peanut butter and jelly like you're getting there together but they're telling you two like two different things that you need to know so that by the time we hit the end of this little 
this little intro story, you understand what Krakoa is, you understand how they got there, the sacrifice and everything it took to get there, you understand what it means going forward, you're you're there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a good thing to read like multiple times too, because oh, it kind of goes all over the oh. place, like jumping back and forth through time, it different does. timelines, it does. and it's just a crazy time just showing like what could happen in all these scenarios about like because i think a thing that a lot of people know is that like professor x like he always at some point like saw the good in humanity and wanted mutants and humans to like coexist like that has been his thing Mm -hmm. for like pretty much forever so the other person that like plays in this fact because you have like you know professor x and like kind of magneto they were kind of seeing like you know two sides of the same coin like different views on what mutants should do and whatnot and then you have either live in harmony or mutants rule yeah like that was it Mm -hmm. for those two and that's why they were always fighting all the time Mm -hmm. but then there was like but wait that there we have another (laughs) yes there is another (laughs) and who is this other (laughs) surprisingly um it's moira mctaggart Mm-hmm. Which, if you are, if you've seen like the uh, like first class movies, you know who Moira is. She's in those movies. I don't think she's in the old ones. I'm mm. pretty sure she's not. Not um, really. If she is, it's not really by name technically or something like that. Maybe an yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the in the past, she's just she's been like a human ally, um, a genetic another geneticist um, who is happy to work with X Men because she believes also that humans and mutants can live in peace together. So she works with Charles a lot. But Moira, she she's always she's always been there, but this this little intro story, the whole the whole crux of how how this Krakoan age could get started, it is revealed very quickly within House of X that Moira has been a mutant this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um but not not only just just a mutant, her mutant power is that of resurrection. And the fact that when she dies, she relives her life mm-hmm. effectively resetting the timeline and i don't think we could we have enough time to go through all of her lives but basically her first life she lives she loves she dies mm-hmm. normal human happy ending lives till she's old passes away then she finds that she wakes up in her mother's womb and she actually realizes she remembers she remembers every everything every single detail from her past life and then of course that's when she realizes oh snap and so she she goes into the heavy studying of mutants and trying to figure out what's up with that but i think and it was her second life where she is like no i'm gonna we're gonna make a cure i think yeah. that's when she starts to like make Around a the cure second, for yeah, something mm-hmm. yeah and now and then her oh wait or no it's the second life where she dies pretty quickly because she tries to go meet Charles Xavier. Mm. She sees him on the news talking about human. And, and she's like, I, I need to understand this more. She hops on a plane. Plane crashes. <laughs> she dies. <laughs> <laughs> third third life. Then she's like, okay, we're going to... We're super smart now. Now we've lived, well, one and a half lives, I guess. Um, we're super smart. Only we're going to We're going to yeah. study harder. <laughs> we're going to go... We're going to go talk to Charles. Well, she meets Charles. And if you know anything about Charles Xavier, when he's a younger dude um he sucked i mean he sucks now still but that's a different it's a different suck um but he was just like he was such a bro when he was young and he was so arrogant and like jerkish that when she met him at university she was like wow you suck 
And then she leaves, and she's like, I'm going to make a cure for being immune, because screw this, I don't want to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And then enter the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, at the time led by Mystique, which most people know who Mystique is, um, and also Destiny. Now, Destiny, most people, I bet, don't know who Destiny is. If you've seen the, just seen the movies, you've never heard of Destiny. Destiny is Mystique's wife. She's blind, and she can see the future. Or multiple futures, I should say. Yeah. And so they, they come and they attack Moira's lab, and they stop her from making this cure. And, and this is when Moira and Destiny kind of sit down and have this chat, where Destiny's like, yeah, so I see that you're a mutant. I see that you have 10 lives. And that's, that's what you get. Like, you are not going to live forever. Um, and so, but I promise you, like, if you try to make this cure again, we will come for you again and we will kill you. Mm -hmm. Like, we will always stop you. So, like, find a better way to spend your time, more or less. Um, and thus, and then kills her, of course. Mm -hmm. So, moving on to, into fourth life. Now, the next bunch of lives is Moira kind of embracing being a mutant. She's like, okay, I'm going to get with Charles. We're going to focus really hard on his dream. Doesn't work out. Mutants die. Mm -hmm. They lose. Next life. Okay, I'm going to go over here with Magneto. We're going to try his way of life. Nope. nope. Mutants lose. Moving on. She gets with Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. She lasts a lot longer there. Because she's like, what, like a thousand years old? It's something insane like that. You know? Sure. Yeah. Um, which, which this life specifically, this is where the powers of X or the powers of 10 story that kind of takes place in this timeline, like a lot of it does, because it, it's pretty important. But, you know, at the end of the day, the mutants lose again. Mm -hmm. And so she gets to, she gets to life nine and she realizes there isn't, there isn't a one answer for this situation. So what can I do? So then when she hits life 10, she decides, she, she goes, she lives her life normally, goes to meet Charles at university, and she just, she gives up the bag. She says, hey, you're Charles, I'm Moira, read my mind really quick. Yes, I know, you can do that, read my mind really quick. And he reads her mind and, she, and he sees all of her nine lives. Mm -hmm. And he understands in a moment how foolish his dream is. is and she sad. takes this, <laughs> I know, I, to see your life's work, like, Mm -hmm. fail 10 times over essentially you know like wow yeah. and so but 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 also like his way of life and his way of life like mutants just don't win not mm -hmm. when we're scattered and not working together and so they came up they come up with a plan they they go get magneto they sign him on board mm -hmm. they go talk to apocalypse they sign him on board they you know with vague in the future, this is our goal for mutantum. When mm -hmm. when the time comes, will you help us with that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. That sounds great. They also go talk to Mr. Sinister. Because with what they have in mind, they just know it's not going to work. If crazy we crazy gene guy. Yeah. <laughs> we need the crazy gene guy. We need somebody who understands genetics and who can produce that level of like DNA at all times. Mm -hmm. They sign him on. They also visit uh, this island called Krakoa, which is is an island that has existed in X-Men history almost Lots as long as X-Men yeah. <laughs> has. Yeah, it's it's a living island. It's a living island. It's It has its own mind. Mm -hmm. it, it once trapped the original X-Men team there and like forcefully fed on their energy. 
mm-hmm. which a new X-Men team had to come and save them. And then after that, they just kind of stayed away from Krakoa because they were like, oh my gosh, this island will like... Kill us. <laughs> will we'll eat us. Yeah. We'll like... <laughs> yeah, we can't go there. But they they have they have a mutant. His name is Doug. We love Doug. Um, he's, his name is... His mutant name is Cypher. Yeah. But his power is that he can he can understand any language if it's a spoken language written language body language mm-hmm. he can understand it so xavier drops him off there for like, like 6 months yeah it's like bye on this good wild luck. crazy island yeah. <laughs> legit drops him off and says peace out home dog yeah like it's no cell phone you, for you no, yeah. <laughs> i'll be i'll be back eventually but remember if you fail we all die good luck <laughs> no pressure so <laughs> So his his job is to learn how to learn to communicate with Krakoa mm-hmm. because what they wanted to do is the the end goal was they wanted to take every mutant in the world and put them all in one place somewhere that they could survive and work together. Well, Doug does it. He does it. He wins. Krakoa becomes his bestie. They hit a point. All the mutants move in. Good, bad, yep. and ugly. And then they create, yep, their mutant nation. They create themselves. They as create a the mutant yeah. nation of Krakoa. They go to the UN. They set themselves up, but they don't come empty-handed. Oh no, they don't. They, they, <laughs> so they, they, they produce. Krakoa produces this special, all, all of these special flowers. Mm-hmm. But there's specific ones that they take and they make into medicine. Um, and when humans take this medicine. They, it, these, this special medicine can basically cure like any disease, mm-hmm. even like yeah. cancer, Alzheimer's, like everything. It can, it works on everything. The true um, miracle drug a, that really works. Yeah. A true miracle drug. Um, even for a healthy individual, it increases lifespan by like what, five to 10 years or something like that? I think so. Yeah. It just has and lots they of have, positives. It yep. has so many like positive effects. Um, no negative effects, all positive effects. And they mm-hmm. say if in in um, Charles Magneto Apocalypse, they come up to the UN and they're like, if you recognize our sovereignty, we will give you the world. We will mm-hmm. give you this drug. That's what we bring to the table because we still believe. Yes. <laughs> and, le- and also, yes, also yeah. leave us alone <laughs> um, because <laughs> oh, we, st- we still believe words. that mutants yeah. and humans can can coexist together on the same planet. Mm-hmm. The reaction to that is fairly positive. You know, most most countries around the world are like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, okay. Um, they also open up gates, these uh, Krakoan gates, which are basically just like portals. Yeah, that were like flowers planted and then they turn into Yeah, these they portals. plant flowers and turns into these portals um, and they plant them all around the world, everywhere. And they say that if you are a mutant... You have a home on Krakoa. You can leave wherever you're at, mm-hmm. and you have a home. And so there's a max mass exodus of mutants from every country who are just like, peace out, everybody, and just walking through the portals to come to Krakoa mm-hmm. to, like, enjoy and be safe, you know, away from persecution. But there is one group. Just one. Who is not a fan. There's one major group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who is not a fan of this, um, and that is Orcus. Mm-hmm. Um, Orcus is a group that comes together uh, from scientists from like every other organization of the world, like Shield, Sword, like former government, um, yeah. mm-hmm. former government agencies, uh, Hydra, AIM, like Alpha Flight, everything. Like 
you don't like mutants come work for us because we're here to protect humanity like that's their we're ready to take them down the mutants yeah they're not they're not looking to just protect humanity of course they're there to just actively get rid of the mutants get rid of the problem to them yeah (laughs) the problem um so which which is this is how this whole introduction of orcus is how the house of x powers of 10 book really starts Mm -hmm. um because it's they take they take a bunch they take a bunch of major players gene cyclops storm mystique wolverine nightcrawler you know so many like major people they throw them in a spaceship they shoot them off to the sun because orcus has a space station orbiting the sun where they are like mass producing um sentinels mm-hmm. um which just giant metal mutant killers um, amongst other things, but their goal is like if we can destroy the space station, that's that's the end of Orcus, and then Krakoa is truly perfect. There's mm-hmm. nothing else to stand in in mutants' way of just trying to exist. Um, well, they go, they're they're fairly successful in their mission, I believe. Yeah. Except everybody dies. So all the core people and and watching died. them yeah. all die, watching them all die is so traumatic because it all just hit. Yeah. It's just major hit after major hit. Mm-hmm. But but then you find out, no, they were successful. They they did it. And mm-hmm. and all the mutants are standing on Krakoa watching the sky and they're just they're just like waiting for that like telepathic command from Charles saying, We're good to go. It happens, but that's not the only thing that happens. No. Something else. Charles, Magneto and Magneto, they all walk out. They all walk out and they're surrounded by the mutants that just died with another proclamation to the mutants saying that mutants are now immortal. If you die, we can bring you back mm-hmm. Be- because of the, the help of five specific mutants when they put their powers together, when they work together. Oh, and also Mr. Sinister, I guess Yes, they mm-hmm. can take, they can take a mutant's DNA. They can mass re- They can basically clone the body, age it up to the appropriate time they're perfect like purists for oh I don't know, like they're prefer- yeah, yeah. <laughs> their preferred age yeah, they preferred, can they can yeah. be any age they want oh they, they don't really mess with that a whole lot no. but and then a telepath usually charles can take they they, they keep mental backups of every single mutant mm-hmm. in the computer system cerebro and then they just take a copy of those memories those lifelong memories download them into the clone's body and welcome back voila you're yeah. al- you're alive again and I think I th- I think the very the very very opening of House of X is them being reincarnated. Is that right? Ooh. You get you get the classic page of char of them like hatching from their like oh. mm-hmm. little golden egg thingies, and Charles is down there with his cerebral ha- uh yes. helmet, and they're all like on the ground like crawling towards him in like it's orange like, goo like naked and orange goo and he's mm-hmm. all like to me my X-Men. yes i was like the, the line and it's yeah, just like whoa it's the line is <laughs> he said the thing um <laughs> that that specific page comes back in so many different ways over the course of like the Krakoan era uh-huh. it's ridiculous but it mm-hmm. it sets such a precedent it's it's also like it's amazing it's it's something for sure it's, it is yeah so that is I mean, that's pretty much, it's a crazy intro to this whole new era that mm-hmm. just sets everything in motion. And so then the world explodes and we get so many different stories, so many things just get set up, so many 
mutants, that new, old ones. You're like, OMG, I don't even remember that. People who have been been dead. (laughs) Mutants that have been dead for so long. Now they're back. Mm-hmm. now they're back they can they they bring back so many people whether they've been just forgotten or whether they've been depowered yes. whether because if a mutant has been because everybody knows about the famous scarlet witch house of m no more mutants mm-hmm. depowering that's still M-day. a thing in modern comics that was not fixed ever no she took people's powers away and i think after she did that there was a whole like maybe a hundred mutants on the whole world I think it's more like 86 or it was something like 197. Is it something like that? It's something. I but don't, it's not much. No, it's, it was, it was um, only like, it was such a small percentage of the amount of mutants that were all over. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and people only like, they, some people found ways to get their powers back and it was just kind of given this, well, yeah, sort of was... depending and, mm-hmm. but all the way up until just 2020, like that was very much still a problem for so many mutants who like the I don't got my power well they fixed that you can just die and they'll bring you back with your powers well but it's not quite that easy which i thought it's not that, that simple though yes <laughs> that part I, are you talking about the crucible yes we have yeah. to talk about that because that was wild to me because it was also something where i was like because i had been a little bit behind in comics and i was like yeah like is, do they still talk about M-Day? Like, what is happening with, like, this Krakoan age? Like, what is happening to all those mutants? Are they, like, all, like, yeah, reborn, simply reborn, and they're all good to go? No. And this thing is, this is very cultish. <laughs> I mean. Well, and, you know, this part, of course, was also set up by Apocalypse. Mm, you know, it yeah, was kind of his brand. little brainchild. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't get to just simply, like, die and we'll give you your power back. No, you're a yeah. mutant. You have to fight and for you're, it. And you have to earn it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. You get a gladiator-style fight with, with big old daddy Apocalypse, mm-hmm. um, where he basically just kind of tests your metal. And yeah. because it's Apocalypse, it's going to end with your brutal death Yep. in front of everybody you've ever loved. <laughs> uh-huh. But you are immediately resurrected mm-hmm. with your powers, with whatever your, your mutant name you know, yes. and and he, you know, he he simbas you in front of the, like on Pride Rock, he simbas you in front of Mutantum, <laughs> and he's like, this person has been reborn. They are who they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the first scene where you see that, like, you see Cyclops and Nightcrawler in the background going, yeah. "Woof, <laughs> this <Yeah>. is <laughs> this is a thing." Yeah, and Nightcrawler just like having just all of his history, all of his like religious <laughs> beliefs like flash through his mind. Yeah. Just like I don't Poor even Nightcrawler. know how. To... Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's this is a hard time for Nightcrawler. I mean, it's <laughs> he loves the Krakoan yeah. age, but it's hard for him. It is so yeah. hard for him. <laughs> I mean, there's like it's it's because it's such a complicated time because it seems like so much good, but so much like questionable ethical things like what is really going on like should we talk about the rules the laws the three laws of krakoa yes let's talk about okay all right chelsea what what's our first one what's our first law oh you know (laughs) because you know why not make more mutants i mean you gotta populate the land yep Make that your number one. Make more mutants. Number one. And and that's that is where poor Nightcrawler, poor Kurt, that's where he struggles with. Um because it 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 comes up where 
people are making more mutants. It doesn't really matter who you're making them with, but you're making them. But where are those babies going? I don't know. That's not part of the law. It just says to make them. I don't know. Yeah. Which and I that guess bothers Kurt a lot. Yeah. Which I'm that will come up. We'll we'll talk about that more more in the next in the next um, arc. We'll say. Um, but number two, number two is murder no man. Um, as part of you know trying to keep the dream alive of mutants versus humans, you cannot kill a human. You cannot. I would say there's a big asterisk by this though. Which Unless we'll you're Wolverine. Like, yeah. Unless this, and then it's a huge <laughs> long list of all these things. But no, I mean, in general, yes, they stick to the murder no man. And there are actual consequences when they deem Ooh, it so. There's quite first, a coat. There is. Yeah. They really only have one actual full punishment. Yeah. They only punish. Um, and it's yeah. not a great one. I still question why they decided to outright do this one at first. I mean, it was fine. I didn't need him around on the island causing. Well, that's why they did it because we can't, we can't have you here. So at the very, very beginning when they like say, Hey, here is Krakoa world. Oh, I didn't bring this up, but like how they announce themselves to the world, how Charles announces themselves to the world. He sends out a psychic blast to every single mind on the planet (laughs) and telepathically Gives everybody this huge spiel about mutant-human relations and the founding of Krakoa, <laughs> um, and and there's what a lot of people who are like, yeah. like you, you, you. TV exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done that. Invasion of privacy. But no. <laughs> seriously, yeah. um, which Orcus jumped all over that, of course. Oh. Though, um, but at the very, very beginning, Mystique. And Sabretooth and Toad were sent on a mission to get some information about Orcus. Like, they were trying to confirm, like, the the location of the station or, like, what yeah, they were another, doing there. Mm-hmm. They needed to know before they sent people off. They sent them to this place in, like, New York or somewhere to, to like, acquire Just that information. Yeah. And while they were there, Sabretooth, like, murdered, like, all of the guards mm-hmm. in very typical Sabretooth style. Even though he was warned not to do it, Mystique was there the whole time. Like, you can't kill people. Don't do it. And Sabretooth mm-hmm. was like, meh. Like, no, oh, who's going to stop not, me? Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> like, really matter I don't right freaking now. care. Yeah. <laughs> well, after the founding, well, Sabretooth got to be the uh, example. They He stood in front of the Quiet Council and they were like, dude, we just we just gave our laws. Yeah. And we can't, like, and, and they decided, like, now. well, like, we did just give our laws. Can we give him, like, a warning? Um, and the majority answer was no, because you, we can't leave him here on Krakoa because he's just going to like be a problem. And if mm-hmm. we s- banish him from Krakoa, he's just going to continue to murder everybody and make us look really bad. So exile <laughs> from life <laughs> in a pit was kind of the answer. In a pit, they Krakoa opened oh, up right then and there and just swallowed him whole yep. and basically suspended him into, in like a mental prison. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. His punishment is to just not exist, basically. Just Krakoa just kind of shuts down mm-hmm. his brain, and you can just sit there. Cool. Um, yeah. Which they they use that when they have to. It doesn't happen much, Mm-mm. but it'll come up again more later. Yeah. But by mentioning also the Quiet Council, so the Quiet Council is like the governing body of Krakoa. Like, they all Indeed. have different roles and everything, and it's a mm-hmm. good amount. And at the beginning of like this arc like they're still kind of almost building the quiet council because certain people have claimed like certain spots and they're wanting to fill it with some people it was especially in the 
like the the prelude to this it also kind of has uh there's little parts in between the different issues where it'll show like a little like map or something of like who's so far like in the quiet council or whatever and then there'd be like lots Mm -hmm. of question marks by them and then it's like revealed later on like (laughs) who's in it (laughs) yeah for sure and it's and it's it's you know each each um there's there's four like segments of the quiet council there's like the winter seats and the fall seats so on and so forth but you basically got your big three you have charles magneto and apocalypse Mm -hmm. at the head you have um you kind of got like your villain table sort of (laughs) you have exodus which if you don't know who exodus is i had no idea who exodus was when i started reading i was like oh he looks really cool he'll talk someday i guess and i know who he is now but it took a bit um exodus and sinister and mystique Mm-hmm. that sounds right yeah that's and then right. you have like you got like the business table mm-hmm. you got the hellfire table you have emma the queen herself the the queen herself my my angel um <laughs> and the white the white queen emma the black king sebastian, sebastian stan Sh- yeah Shaw. and and then you have the red queen kate pride yes which is Formally just perfect kitty which, but yes now yes she goes form, by kate form yes. yeah. kate it's yes. kate now it's kate and then you have like the X Men table, where you got Jean and Kurt and Storm. Yep, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's an eclectic group. Like the X Men, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they make the collective decisions for Mutantum for Krakoa um, by just like a simple majority vote, mm-hmm. which they're like this. This won't be perfect, but we can start with this, and we can we can adapt later on. Well, this is also where all the drama happens. So. The Quiet Council will be brought up a lot. Mm-hmm. We'll, well and there's lots of stuff where other people decide to be in charge of various things and create their own secret groups and factions and do their own thing. Because, oh, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, not everybody just wants to live happily together. People have agendas. And when, like you said, you have these, like, former questionable current villains, you know what, living together with, you know, our supposed heroes of the past you know there's gonna be like we said drama x-men comics are always drama it's good bad it's always drama. fun everything in between <laughs> sometimes it's like just like petty high school drama and sometimes it's like apocalyptic the world is currently ending drama mm-hmm. so and sometimes it's both at the same time yep <laughs> that's the best yeah so from there then like, you have your main, like, X-Men comic line, which, like, those stories really change quite a bit in this beginning part, like, a various different, like, yeah. yeah. The X, because there's not, like, a, when the, when this, when, after House of X, or House of X and Powers of Ten, that's when Dawn of X really starts. You get your first major, like, story arc. Um, that's when you have, it breaks up into all of your little individual books that have their own little stories, you know, like comic books do. Mm-hmm. Um but the X-Men book is not, there isn't an X-Men group anymore. It doesn't no. exist because everybody is an X-Man. All of Mutantum is. But w- by reading that book, you get a really good sense of like the major story points as we build towards whatever it is. You know, you might have this group of people in this book. Well, now we have this group of people. And mm-hmm. Now these two are doing the, their thing over here and it's, but it's always very important stuff. It's not just little filler side things. Not to say that it's not funny, that it's not a good time. Because the one issue where where um, Cyclops takes um, Cable and Rachel out. 
<laughs> to the other island is just good old like family bonding time with squabbling siblings and everything else. Mm-hmm. That's a good time. Which oh, the summer's house. We should talk about it. So like, Krakoa is a huge <gasps> island, but they also favoritism like... much. <laughs> <laughs> Me? No, 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 no. Like oh. the summers, oh, just yes. the summers in general. Yeah. No. Oh, where did they get to live? The moon. They get to claim the, the moon. moon. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But it's... then they get so yeah. They're up there. You got. Let's see. Can we name everybody in the summer's house real quick? We got. I feel like it's always Cyclops, changing in there. There's probably we got, some. Yeah. Well, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We got. We got. We have Scott and Jean. Yep. Matriarch and patriarch, of course. Mm-hmm. We have Scott's two brothers. Yep. Havoc and Vulcan. Yep, which I was like, Just oh, wow, to see Vulcan with them. Mess, I was like, wow. Yeah, mess part two and mess part three. <laughs> Ugh. And oh, poor Jean, she's so, like, she's so outnumbered. Not that she can't take all of them on at once, but, yeah. like, she's so outnumbered. And then you have three children. You got Hope and Rachel and Nathan, i.e. Yes. Cable, you know. Because, mm-hmm. oh, we didn't say in this, in Krakoa, um, Cable is... Like a kid, he's yeah. like, he's not his he's old like man an old, self, that older we've seen teenager. Forever. Yeah, which is that's other drama. Like, young Cable came back to kill old Cable because he felt old Cable wasn't doing his job efficiently. But then he finds like some time, other twist out. <laughs> yeah, it's like timeline like, shenanigans, though. Like, yeah. don't worry about the fact that he killed himself. That's unimportant. And like, he kind of but wanted now we to get, like, helped him, so whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, Cable's a but now you get like character. Yeah, <laughs> it's always but now yeah. you got you got like you got kids running around the place and there's like some other like wolverine lives with them mm-hmm. never you mind why that's not important but you can you can use your Except, imagination or not you know if if you if you haven't gotten there yet um gene has a connecting room with scott and wolverine so yeah there you go <laughs> yeah but also obviously gene is alive you know she's died a million times but like we but said, also yeah know, she's yeah. alive she's yeah she's there. Yeah, alive for like a <laughs> prolonged period of time it seems so wow (laughs) and you know she hasn't she hasn't like really died you know no she's been she's been doing pretty good until like right now but we don't talk about that right now well she's like died like in the beginning part she died like at least three times i think two or three times oh did she really i mean she died for sure in house of x because everybody died well and like Um, wolverine's storyline like he murders her Oh, I forgot about that because yeah. like something like he was, was being like, controlled and stuff. And then you watch yeah. like that Wolverine's like watching like the and like the rebirth stuff and like off to the side is Scott and he's just staring and then like Logan notices and then Scott just walks away. And you're like, ooh, drama there. Like, is that like not gonna be friends anymore type thing? It's like mm. not gonna be boyfriends anymore. It's too bad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure exact because I what's kind of crazy is like there's, like, an order to, like, when the comics came out for all these different, like, stories and stuff, but not all, like, not when they came out doesn't mean that that story took place, like, right at that time, because some of the stories might take place a little bit before some of the other ones, so it's, like, some books crazy. Move yeah. faster, like, yes. <laughs> they skip more time and stuff, but it's all kind of nonsense, so just kind of, like, you just go along with just it. Just read what you want, and, you know, try not... There's only oh, a couple, yeah. like, major spoilers at the beginning, like, kind of shock factors, but you know how mm-hmm. it's the new age now with their rebirth and stuff, so, you know, it's it's going okay right now, except for oh, lots yeah. of death. Yeah. Except, except for lots of death, but, like, that's fixed. It's fine. It's fine. If somebody dies, it's okay. It's It could be shocking for somebody who's standing right next to them when they die. 
they shake it off. They're like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> like, they'll be alive again by the time I get home. It's okay. <laughs> but not for all the characters, because that becomes a huge story with one of the books that's called The Marauders, which, because... <gasps> oh, right. Yeah, because yeah. that's with Kate Pride, and... She's all yeah. excited, ready to like go to the island and walk through the. She's portal. so excited to like be a person. Yeah, and it's just like so happy to join everybody. Is ready to like waltz her way through that portal. Bam! She can't. She get walks face first into it. She can't get and through breaks the portal. Her nose for a while. <laughs> and breaks her nose, cussing like. Mm-hmm. Like a and poor Emma is she's there like holding Kate, like catching yeah. the blood come at her nose. She's like, oh my god! But that's a huge thing for Kate, like. Kate um, she could go cannot use the portals. Yeah. The girl who can walk through walls. If she and wants to go to Croa, yeah. she had to find herself a boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody else is like, "Okay, well, you take your boat. I'm just gonna walk through the portal." Yeah. So she and just kind of like, like cool. gets on the boat, like flipping the bird to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, see you in two weeks. Fine, whatever. Gets her, man. gets her bottle. That's ready to set sail. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this is the uh, this is the Krakoan age of um. Kate pirate, uh, pirate captain yeah. Kate. Yes. Literally, literally. She's like, I'm a pirate now. Get over it. I got to mm-hmm. be on a ship. I'm going to make, I'm going to do the thing. But <laughs> it becomes a job because. It does become. Yes. A, well, because she gets to Krakoa. She does finally get there. Mm-hmm. But she's just like. Like. But at that, uh, by that point, she's just like sick of it now. She's like, do I even want to be here? Like. She's like, is this I don't even as be cool honest. as everybody thinks it is? Like, like Yeah, like, I can't like, even leave here if I stay here. I can't just walk through the portals. I'd mm-hmm. rather be out, like, helping people and doing stuff. So Emma comes along, and she's like, that's fine. I'll offer you a job. Be the Red Queen of the Hellfire Trading Company. And what you'll do, you'll, like, because they got to, you know, they create a black market for their, like, miracle drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, for the countries it, who yeah. refuse to, like, accept mutant nationalism. Mm-hmm. They're like, but we still want the drugs. And Krakoa's like, that's fine. You're just going to pay for them. Like, yeah. a lot. So Kate's job is to, one, deliver these drugs to different countries. But then when they go to the countries, she's also kind of, like, pulling mutants out. Yeah, kind of liberating like, you, them. Oh, your country won't yeah. let you live? Like, it's fine. Just come with me. We'll, yeah. we'll take you. And she pulls a team of people together. And it's a beautiful, wonderful team. Mm-hmm. Mama Storm is there, so everything's fine. And yeah. they just kind of go around liberating mutants and having a good old piratey time. Oh, a side note about their team, because there's also Iceman. And then there's also Pyro, who <laughs> introduces himself as like, I'm the original Pyro. And I was like, like that's so funny. But like, also like the OG that like, hasn't been around in the comics for like, who knows how forever. long. Forever. Yeah. Forever. So that was kind of like a funny little intro to be like, hey, wink, wink. Like, we're bringing back everybody, including these characters you thought like we forgot about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. or have been dead forever which definitely plays a lot in lots of other stories too lots of characters dealing with oh there's so much things. character drama still going on but it's like mm-hmm. i could be the bigger person but i don't want to be right now so <laughs> i'm going to cause some problems and i'll get over it tomorrow i'll be fine yeah. <laughs> oh well speak oh my gosh i don't know when we're going to talk about it i don't know if i should talk about it yet about a certain two characters and being in their original bodies <laughs> no do you, you know what take the reins hit it yes. talk about okay. them and go go and go talk oh. about excalibur 2 while you're at it yes go for it. we will okay so we have two characters so which actually i still think she is probably one of my favorite characters betsy braddock so she formerly used the name psylocke and she has 
quite the story where there was this other character. I never always knew how to actually pronounce her name. So I've always like said it as like Quanon. That's kind of, that's how I say it. Yeah. Yeah. Who's like basically a Japanese like assassin was like bred as a child to be an assassin. And then a long Mm -hmm. time ago, I think maybe even in the eighties or whatnot of the comics, like maybe even a little bit later, I don't remember specifically, like I think it's the hand gets involved. They like the bad organization of like ninjas it's they, such a mess yeah it's yeah. such a mess they take like betsy's psyche and like put her in quanon's body and then like they're like fighting Which for space in her head. yes yeah mm-hmm. and then she's and, well, just by of... the end of it yeah yeah it's just it's literally just betsy's body betsy's mind mm-hmm. in in quanon's body body and then betsy eventually later on wants to get her body but then like her body gets destroyed and like so she's stuck mm-hmm. in this body and then is in this body for quite a long time and takes and, on the name and Psylocke. Basically, and, just... and if you know, yeah, if you know who Psylocke is, this is the character that we're talking about. I mean, this is how she's been known for yeah. forever, like telepathic, psionic weapons. Yeah, her cool, like, you yeah, know, psychic Jap- swords. Japanese and, yeah. Psylocke. Mm-hmm. This is her. It's body of, body of a Japanese girl with, with, a, with British a British mind. <laughs> with mm-hmm. a British mind. Yeah, this is, it's two different people, yeah. but their Krakoan age helped re- them. <laughs> yeah, which is just like, They reset wow. them. And it's just crazy because I was just like, oh my gosh, we like get both of them. Like, Betsy finally gets to body and we're finally bringing back a character who's been lost uh-huh. for so long. And it also plays into like the role and like what they're both dealing with, especially with Quanon who takes on the name Psylocke. So we'll call her Psylocke from now on. And then we right. have Betsy who becomes Captain Burton, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Psylocke is the one who has to deal with the most trauma, which obviously because she's been- For sure, because her life was stolen, just flat yeah. out stolen from her. Yeah. Not that it's Betsy's fault, you know. No. They they don't have a lot of like ill will towards each other, but it's not, it's not straightforward. It's very complicated. And, you know, like when I look at that person, it reminds me of this. It's not their fault. It's just, they were there, you know, Mm -hmm. but they do, they do work it out. They figure it out. Yeah. At least try to. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. They can exist together. We'll say that. Yes, they exist. And I think (laughs) you see a lot of that struggles with uh, Psylocke and her, and her, her own series that she has, where she kind of leads a team actually she has two series actually in this first like arc where you have fallen angels which almost kind of leads into uh was it hellions hellions uh, her, uh-huh. yeah okay mm-hmm. with that group but in the first one it like deals with her like past and it, so it kind of does like almost a recap of like who she is and where she's come from and then it kind of deals with like that you know she has no ill will towards betsy but it's hard for her which makes sense like because this woman who is so similar and different but they need to find a way to like she needs to find a way to like move on to who she is because she doesn't know who she is and because she had been brought up as a child and brainwashed and forced to be an assassin like and realizing that like she does have like you know kind of almost it's like simply saying like love in her heart and she does care for people and just finding out like what is her path and so it just deals with a lot of that book is it's it's hard hitting it has some really gosh like crazy moments and it's, and and it's only what like six issues long yeah like it is not but that it long, packs but it in there mm-hmm. yeah yeah but then which makes sense why then she is forced to deal with another group and her her next book because she makes a deal with mr <laughs> sinister and and fallen angels to like help her get through all that stuff that he's like you know you work for me now and you're gonna you're gonna do things for me but which she is also the perfect because and 
Hellions, that kind of story is more of like the bad of the bad mutants where they're like not quite to the limit where they should send them to the pit like they did with like Sabretooth and since like the Abyss. It's more of like, what are we going to do with these mutants to make sure that they don't break the rules of, you know, basically like killing no men. And then they're like, oh, well, Psylocke kind of seems like the perfect person who's a little more level headed, but who also has like... (laughs) Keep an eye on Yeah, them, keep, keep an eye going, on who can, Keep them you know. off each other. Yeah. So that <laughs> is like an insane book full of insane characters. Some characters I was like, how are you even a mutant? I had to Google who oh, they were. Oh, for sure. Because I was like, yeah, you I've, look like a cyborg. Most of that team was new to me. And I was just like, I was just, whoa. Like, like um, Nanny and the Orphan. Um, you yeah, know, I, I was like, no whoa. Idea. And apparently they've been around for forever. And I was just oh, like, who? Okay, first off, they're freaking hilarious. They're so messed gosh. up and I love them. But like, where did they come from? Yeah. Like, what the heck? And like, I vaguely Nanny's knew about probably like, my favorite yeah. out of the group. <laughs> oh, man. Little, little yeah. egg shaped, whatever she is. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Empath who can mess with people. Oh, like, oh. Uh, yeah. Empath, Which they deal Empath's with powers are not hard to figure out. But like, Ew, he, he's, he, was... he himself is also like a sociopath. Yeah. So he doesn't care how he makes people feel. And he basically uses people as his slave and yeah. to get everything he wants. He's a spoiled brat who can literally control people. He gets murdered in the beginning of that one. So he gets murdered like, a lot. Yeah. He gets murdered a lot. But he's not really involved in much of that little the series <laughs> no. so far, at least oh, no. in this. The beginning he's, portion. He's there to help. But usually he's just like, they're like, empath. Use your powers. Do this here. Help the team. And he, they're kind of like, no. And then he'll use his powers on like the enemies to make it worse for his teammates. Like yeah, he's such just a jerk. Mess with people. Yeah. He's such a terrible person. So they just mm-hmm. kind of come up like, fine. And they'll just like kill him in the middle of the fight. Um, Like, at least you're not making it worse. And yeah. then they bring him back and he's like mad. He's like, why did you kill me? And they're just like, duh, because you're, you're <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the other characters that I don't think, I don't know if we'll talk about all of them, but one of them specifically in that group is Havoc, mm-hmm. which I think, because oh, like Scott Havoc. is the one who kind of like, I feel like comes to Psylocke. And I think he thinks it's his idea to be like, I'm going to bring her. She's the perfect person. But then you realize, you know, like it's all working out according to a plan that she, of course, is like Psylocke's in charge of this group. But he's like, my younger brother, like, what the heck? Like, he doesn't like, why is he in this group? Like, he doesn't deserve to be here. Like, I need you to help keep him on the path. And she's like, well, you know, if he's in here, he's probably pretty messed up. But sure, I'll do what I can, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Havoc. He's... He, he, has, gets, he just gets a bad time all the time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some trauma there. But yeah, that's a little bit about some of those groups. But that's end up where like Psylocke ends up being. So that's Psylocke. And then we have Betsy, who is on her whole like her. She's in this Excalibur, which if you think of what Excalibur means, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you if you get the context, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're going to we're gonna go to like some medieval castle, storming castle fighting yeah. and stuff. And so, like, the big thing is, like, so her family is pretty important in this storyline and stuff. Like, so she's a Braddock. Her name is Betsy. She has a twin brother named Brian. And what's interesting is that they're twins, but, like, she's a mutant. And also there's a joke throughout it because she's, like, which I don't know if you picked it up, but there's a couple times where, like, because she, like, Betsy's really stubborn. So they call her, like, Omega-level stubborn. Because she's an Omega-level mutant. And, like, it comes up, like, multiple times. Different characters go. They're like, yeah, because she's, you know, 
Omega Stubber. And I was like, oh my gosh, whatever. <laughs> like, it's it's silly. But <laughs> but her twin, I'm pretty sure, like, as far as I know, like, he's just a human. Like, he is not a mutant. He is just a human. Mm-hmm. But he has, you know, he is who he is. Yeah. So. But like... But then it's the whole twin thing. Like, they still feel like they have that special, like, twin connection. But, like, he has had his own role for many, many years. He has been Captain Britain, who is basically, like, somebody picked to be, like, the protector of Britain and also of Otherworld. If you know know who the Green Lanterns are in D.C., the Britain core is like the same thing, except it's magical and multiversal. It's like King Arthur's like, court vibe. Is basically yeah, yeah. It's it's like that. So he's whole, like, like a sign of like yeah. all of the universe, kind of in a way. Like he protects mostly, but mostly Britain. Like he's yeah. He goes and does other things, but he's like he's supposed but to that's protect like his, like, Britain of Earth six one six. But he's part of a bigger picture that has other captain britons and other universes and yeah they all kind of coalesce in other world which is just like the middle of the multiverse essentially like the magical middle yeah the magical yes where there are knights and dragons it, and stuff. which yeah. is where king are the arthurian stuff yes. like continues to exist which is kind of like you know what all right why not like mm-hmm. it's fine <laughs> yeah. so we have betsy and her twin brian and they have an older brother. Oh, oh he Jamie. is Jamie, which... Oh, Lord. He was... That was surprising to see because, I mean, I don't know if he's popped up in recent comics. Like him but coming back. Yeah, because I thought back. he had been dead for quite a long time and he had... He had been. I was shocked that they brought him back. Like, at the time, because I was just like, oh. I, don't, I was like, like oh, who, boy, I, we're in for trouble. It, <laughs> yeah, like, in-universe, who asked for that? <laughs> <laughs> like, what yeah well even betsy's kind of like uh why like i will put you back in the ground if you don't yeah. what is like if you don't put your clothes on <laughs> yeah because mm-hmm. he's yeah, just he's... like hanging out naked in the like the hatchery the place oh where gosh. like mutants come back to life yeah. and like you need to go we have other things to do for real but no he is a mess but it's also because i think of his powers like he can like warp he's reality a, he's an omega into, level yes. reality mm-hmm. warper like in the sense that like like the scarlet witch because she's the i think she's probably the most famous like reality warper quote unquote mm-hmm. but she does that with magic not with like powers she has to use a lot of effort to do that um he does not he just like and he's also like about he's it, also yeah. terminally insane mm-hmm so, like, he's, if yeah. if you know who Legion is and, like, how he can warp reality, but he's also super crazy for, like, a list of reasons. Jamie Jamie's is, worse. Ooh, yeah. Like, worse. Keep going. He's like, going. he's like, oh, I'm going to change your left foot into an elephant and your right foot into a cake. Like, that sounds fun. And, yeah. like, you know what? I'm like, everybody like that. He's just, he's chaotic. Yeah. And he's, he's like, wait, never mind. Chaos. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Yeah. He gets bored and he moves on. Yeah. But... <laughs> He's also, I think, because I think he, I remember he specifically played a role, like, back when, I think Betsy died, like, ooh, like, over a decade plus ago or whatever. And I think Mm -hmm. he was the one who, like, somehow brought her back. But, like, he had been gone for a long time or something. And that was a whole thing. But, yeah, I hadn't seen much of him in a long time. So, it was like, oh, boy. So, I know we're in for something because this, I mean, Excalibur, like, wow, what a crazy story. But basically... 
I don't even know how to simplify it. Like, so Brian was Captain Britain, but then he gets taken by, of course, you know, like with like Arthurian stuff. It's uh Morgan Le Fay. Yeah, he goes yeah. back to her because she calls him because she's like mm-hmm. she's taking like King Arthur's place because he's just like <laughs> MIA or whatever. Um, yeah. So they're like fighting a like war to like find him kind of i.e. also I can conquer even, everything. Yeah. It's really stupid. And she's all like, we hate mutants um, because like mutant magic is stupid. Um, yeah. They aren't as superior as um, us. Like, yeah, know, just pure, just, you know, it, yeah. so she brings she brings Captain Britain back. But then is like, LOL, I'm actually going to, like, make you my slave. Yeah. So, mind um, controls him. So and then, then, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Betsy has to come in because she's like, where the heck is my brother? Like, I can tell he's missing. Like, what's wrong? And then tries to, like, fight to bring him back. But she's like, I'm not going to kill my own brother. Like, I want to save him. And so they deal with the whole thing. And she does eventually, like, get him back. But because of all that stuff, he's no longer worthy of being captain britain mm-hmm. so because she took on the mantle mm-hmm. once he became like a mind slave to morgan lefay which was a whole other thing because then britain was like oh my god i can't believe our we have a captain mutant britain, yeah it's a mutant and she's a woman like like oh, double yeah. boo to that and it's like okay <laughs> yeah. calm down um because with the Krako, because england is one of like the few like major countries who were like we don't oh they don't agree with the whole Krakoa thing like yeah they're like uh like no thank you (laughs) so they're already like anti-mutant and now like their captain britain is a mutant and they're just like nope no they're not (laughs) no we're gonna take you down she doesn't exist yeah and so Uh then you have like a bunch of like uh like a coven like in the real world like trying to take her down oh god the government just being like yes yeah it's like whatever happens man i don't care but that's all chaos. But basically throughout the whole thing, she's like dealing with having this mantle that she doesn't really want, but her brother can't take back basically right now. Mm-hmm. So so she's got to save him and then she's got to save Otherworld. Yeah. And Jubilee's baby is a dragon. I know. We have to talk about the team. <laughs> I love this team so much. It's such much. a good team. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> so like, it's first and foremost it's apocalypse's team this is like the apocalypse book Mm -hmm. because he's all like hey remember that time i know magic and everybody was like oh for sure yeah (laughs) he's like okay well i have plans (laughs) he's like well anyway (laughs) oh my gosh which is trouble but like especially like with betsy like she has no choice but to like deal with him because you know it's her duty to protect like oh like like everybody they're pretty like they're not they're not terribly friendly with Apocalypse and he's kind of like, Well, I don't really care how you feel about it, but I'm gonna tell you what to do and you're gonna like it. I'm right, you're wrong, <laughs> like listen to me. Yeah. Which I mean, which objectively he is. <laughs> he is right. <laughs> yeah. But that's but besides he also, the point. yeah. Mm-hmm. But he has his own agenda, one hundred percent. Or at uh-huh. least like he thinks he's you know, everybody's like, Oh yeah, sure, you know, you're being honest and he's like, Yeah, totally. I just am not telling you every single thing you need to know right now. <laughs> yeah, like it's not important right now, but we might cross a bridge. <laughs> and maybe I'll tell you then, but you can figure it out. And maybe I'll own. tell you then. Yeah. Yeah. But so we got him. We have him and Betsy. They're like the big people. Like, mm-hmm. the major players. We have um, Rogue and Gambit. And they're happy right now. Like And they're Rogue happy. Ha- has they're her powers, happy. like, kind of under control. Like, they're able to be together and just, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really nice to see that. We've got Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Love Jubilee. Uh-huh. Always love Who Jubilee. Who is a mother. Who is a mama. She got a baby. 
that takes she takes on um. missions. <laughs> Either willingly or unwillingly, because Apocalypse wanted to babysit her child, and she was like, "Oh, we know she's how like, this story no. goes." <laughs> like, thank you no for touching my baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then her baby. But he legit like <laughs> seeing him like sit there and like hold the baby so sweetly and fondly. Because he's just like, he's like, she's like, you're not touching my baby. He's like, well, I have him now. And he just like appears in his arms. Yeah, like, and you're like, oh. Um, I'm babysitting. You go do your nonsense. And she's just like, I'll kill you. And he's just like, I have your baby. So maybe you should go. Yeah. And then she's, and like, she's just like, and, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But then she eventually <laughs> takes her baby back. So She does. Well, they, they take the baby back, really just to get him away from Apocalypse. So then they yeah. go to Otherworld. And what happens <laughs> when they go to Otherworld? <laughs> the baby becomes a dragon <laughs> and not like a baby dragon like no, a full-grown like dragon and he is happy like that because it's oh, like he's a so, land of well, he's still a baby imagination. yeah he's, yeah he's st- like in his brain he's still a baby which is it's kind of cute though because as a dragon um like betsy can communicate with him because she can read minds mm-hmm. and she can read the dragon's minds much better than like a baby's mind because he he knows how to communicate via like emotions and stuff to betsy so she's always just like he's fine because jubilee's freaking out of course she's like my baby, he's a freaking what dragon. is happening he's so big i can't control him like what is happening like turn back and then the child is so happy being a dragon he's like nope in yeah. this land i'm a dragon this is fun yeah betsy just kind of looks at him she's just like jubes totally he's fine let it go yeah yeah <laughs> She's, she's like, like gets up mm-hmm. and like flies around blowing <laughs> dragon br- fire everywhere and betsy's yeah. just like nope he's he's gonna be okay don't worry <laughs> yeah i totally took a little screenshot at one point because i think it was like when betsy was communicating with the child and there's this cute little like little image of like a happy little dragon like next to jubilee <laughs> and he's just like so little cute yeah. just being like yay i want to take my mommy on a ride like this is so fun for real <laughs> yeah i'm like oh but you know because he's a dragon though unfortunately that does cause problems with fighting and stuff and so then that has to be dealt with you know yeah <sighs> yeah but, but he's okay he never gets hurt yeah. in the fights so he's okay no. he's fine no, he's, 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 he's big all boy. good but oh my gosh i just i think that's so funny i just like started cracking up and also being like of course there'd be a dragon and of course the baby of course a dragon. <laughs> arthurian legend we gotta have a yeah. dragon Yep. Which was basically how that was explained. Like, well, why, why did... Because when they went through the portal, they got, like, a slight change of clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, to kind of match the aesthetic. But then, like, Shogo got turned into an actual dragon. <laughs> and and, and um, the explanation was like, well, I mean, we're in Otherworld. Why wouldn't so, there be yeah. a dragon? <laughs> no. Yeah. And everybody's just kind of like, well, okay, okay. That, that makes yeah. sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have one other member of the team too who is it richter yes oh richter mm-hmm. is so cool yeah i didn't know richter before this book so like i really He's got to like follow stuff, yeah. his like unfortunate progression you know but then mm-hmm. like daddy apocalypse comes and is like you're gonna be okay yeah and actually helps him and richter's yeah. just like i will follow you to the end of time <laughs> yeah but he's like i think he's like kind of a cool chill dude but like and he's like really working more with his powers and like kind of discovering Mm -hmm. more of who he is but yeah he kicks butt he's a great part of the team and he we were cracking up before we started recording this episode because i had a screenshot (laughs) from an interaction (laughs) between him and jubilee at one point because 
like, like in the background like yes. there's like important conversation happening but like in the background um <laughs> jubilee's like <laughs> well the the thing is that like betsy went hunting or something and was like cooking some like random like animal she killed like on the fire and jubilee was like uh nope i'm no. not eating that yeah <laughs> She's just so. like, I'll just, I'll survive off of my protein bars. And she's yeah. like pulling them out of her pocket. And and Richter's just like, oh my God, like give me some. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, so she's like handing them over. <laughs> and then the next, the next frame, it's just like, Jubilee, these are candy bars. <laughs> and Jubilee is kind of like, and your point yeah, is? Yeah, she's like, what about like, it? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll take them back. Like, he's like, uh, 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 oh, oh, okay, whatever. It's okay, I guess, but. It's just, it was it's so not, funny, uh, but... It's not animal. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not animal at all. Yeah. Rogue and Betsy have no problem eating over there, and then they're just like, I guess we'll have our candy bars, protein bars, but... <laughs> it's so funny. Jubilee is is a laugh. She's she's a great time in this. I... She's a mess. missed uh, reading stuff with Jubilee in it, so it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Well, she stays... She'll stick around with Betsy for quite a while, so... Heck yes. So there's that. I mean, any other books that are in this part that you want to mention i mean there's well, a lot of stuff we have that happens. there's there's x there's there's the x-force book which is basically just like it's got some really heavy hitters on it that's where wolverine's at that's where beast is you got in gene gray there's a lot of like mm-hmm. very strong people there and they're basically just like the mutant cia where they're kind of mm-hmm. keeping an eye on the rest of the world via a vast majority of methods and making sure nobody's like quietly not out to get them and and stuff oh, like there that. There are and a lot of people. There is a lot. Out like immediately, them. it happens immediately. Like they start getting attacked from this, that, and the other. Yeah. And like the cool thing about the Krakoan Island is that it can move. It's not just like stuck in a place. It just kind of swims around the ocean. Mm-hmm. But they have so many like defensive. Things like that nat that the, the island just naturally kind of provides. Um, they always know when they're when there's people coming, they know when they're going to be attacked. Um, except when they don't, which happens quite a bit. Except when they don't, <laughs> which happens quite a bit because because there's there's a you know this that organization who mm-hmm. are trying to find ways of like slipping into Krakoa unnoticed to like take out the major players and and stuff like that. So they're they're learning. They start like learning from the very gross ways that uh, yeah, these it's... organizations are using in order to like get around all of these defensive mechanisms. Like it's really like it's so it's a very dark tricky. book. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's like oh man, um, it's like, a very cool some... book. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. you think the X Men have dealt with some really nasty, really evilly creative ways? Like oh, things just like every book worse. kind of yeah. like one-ups it's yes that that is a perfect way to describe it i'm just uh-huh. like how like oh and some of those images but, will traumatize you <laughs> i know oh, oh my gosh. gosh like the skin the, stuff especially oh, yeah God, it was like the russian oh, doll thing poor domino whatever, yeah mm, that too yeah but um the my favorite part of that team is quentin choir oh gosh. kid omega <laughs> he's like he's like he can do he he's he's like gene where he's a telepath he's psychic he can do all of these like psi based things um except he also thinks he's jesus <laughs> like yeah. he thinks he's he thinks he's the strongest mutant in all of history for forever 
because he's so smart and he's so powerful and he dies every other issue. So, <laughs> you know, like he's 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 like he's the friend that you have because they're cool to hang out with. But like they also he also exhausts you all the time because he just won't shut up about himself. You know, he's that friend. But now, which he's always kind of been that way. But now, like, he's on this team with all of these other heavy hitters, but mm-hmm. also that have lots of more experience than he does, like being out in the field and stuff. So he's just yeah. always, like, running into problems and, like, getting murdered for it. Or worse, like, half murdered. Yeah. That's what I was gonna There's say. some rough it's... times. Mm-hmm. He's been, like, lacerated. He's been decapitated. <laughs> he's been incinerated. It just kind of goes on and on. And they bring yeah. him back, and he's just like, He's like, don't talk to me. (laughs) Poor kid. (laughs) Which, that reminds me of Cable. So, because Quentin, he has his eye on a girl or multiple girls, but they want to have nothing to do with him. And they're all like, (laughs) Cable. Oh, <laughs> so if you if you all if you all know Emma Emma they Frost, um, you know something. the White Queen of our dreams. She's you know she's the telepath. She she has like the diamond form. Well, she has five little like mini clones. I think that's <laughs> technically what they are. Like they're her yeah, daughters, but they're just they're yeah. just clones. Mm-hmm. Um, they are they're the Stepford Cuckoos. Mm-hmm. That is. Their collective name. They each have individual names, but you don't need to know them. It's fine. Because they talk all yeah. at the same time. And um, they also, like, it's when they get used in the comics, especially in Krakoa, because they're kind of like Emma's assistants, mm-hmm. kind of. But they also have, like, their own responsibilities. Um, and they provide such, like, sassy banter in their heads. Like, this will be happening, and they'll be, like, talking to each other in between the five of them. And it's just, like... They're they're like mean girls. It's it's so perfect. And yes, mm-hmm. Quentin Quire like has a crush on all five of them because they're they're the same person. They're all the same person. Um yeah. but they like Nathan. Like, they ew. like cable. <laughs> yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> that drives it drives Quentin crazy. <laughs> yeah. And because all three of all of them, they're ha- all <laughs> telepathic. They can all read each other's minds. <laughs> none of these things are secrets from any of them but like cable's Mm -hmm. cool he don't care (laughs) yeah no and he's like yeah which so in his book there are a couple things that i found absolutely hilarious because one part is like there does a little recap and it was when cable and one fifth of his girlfriends went to philadelphia (laughs) and i'm like yep one fifth yes because he is dating all of them they they take turns they don't go all the same time because you know um, they all get their own individual time with Cable. Gosh. Um. <laughs> and they like to think that they're his favorite and he likes to think, yeah, and they're all like playing games with each other at the same time. But, yeah. Because they're, they're, they are all constantly telepathically connected. The, yep. the, the cuckoos. They're all right there in each other's heads at all times. All times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... I, I don't know. I just thought that was a funny description because I'm like, yep, of course, that's the way to describe it. But it's true. Yep. Cable dating <laughs> five people. But another thing side note about his comic related to him is that like his whole storyline has to deal with like, it's it's fine. We don't have to cover it. But he has to go visit Deadpool 
And there's a part like where one of the issues where it's like it's kind of like a story between that kind of tells them more like the past with like it's a Deadpool writing a letter to like kind of like old man cable. And that letter was so funny to read. But like it's like all this fancy scripted writing and he's like, my dearest cable and goes on to like just be overly dramatic and be like, I'm so thankful you thought of me for this wonderful task and all this. And then he's like, sincerest of like sincerities or something, Deadpool. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Deadpool. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you bring up Deadpool because Deadpool is not allowed on Krakoa. <laughs> you can't. Physically, he cannot go through the portals. They will not let him. <laughs> but he's also like not technically a mutant. Yeah. Which is their excuse. They're like, sorry, man, you're not a, you can't, you know. <laughs> but really, they just like, want nothing to do yeah. with him, so. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, they don't, because there's some, uh, like, family members and stuff of other mutants that are totally human that can go through, no. Oh, they like yeah, to, like, if a, yeah. if a mutant has, like, uh, like a, a human spouse, the, mm-hmm. the spouse can just, they can come to Krakow and live, they can just live there, you know? Yeah. Now I don't if if like a mutant is like like a child of the parents, but the parents are human. I don't think it works that way. I don't think the parents mm. get to come because the the kid will still be taken care of, like on Krakoa. You know, I don't think I've run into any situation where like the kid got to bring his parents with them. I wonder if not many of those kids had parents that were accepting or something. Maybe that's why we haven't come across it. it I well, we know that that's a problem like with mutantdom. Yeah. We know that's a thing where the kids are constantly getting kicked out for being a mutant and stuff. So maybe that's why, but it's just never really Yeah. Never come really across. You have like adult side, yeah. mutants. <laughs> you have like adult mutants who have good relationships with their parents, but none no like no kids. Mhm. No, a lot of those kids are severely traumatized and like you see a lot of those younger kids and stuff dealing with that like Kind of, not quite, but kind of in, like, the New Mutant storyline and stuff, like, that's kind of where it deals with a lot of, like, the kind of younger kids that were, like, the New uh-huh. Mutants at the time, but they're all their Got own Got the New drama. Mutants and then the New New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... But yes, they are their own drama, yes. Oh my gosh. So. Within the group, outside the group, like, they have some really depressing storylines they deal with that, like, really affect the group. And then they also have, like, because half the group goes into space, the other half, like, goes to Nebraska and deals with stuff. But, oh, when you deal with the new means, you have to deal with Roberto. Mr. Roberto! I'm, I'm rich. I, I can pay for everything. And he loves to be self-aware in his comics because he, like, in his ones, it'll start with, like, you know, yeah, all this dramatic things happen. And, you know, of course, I came to save the day or here's my cool recap. And then, like, another character comes in to be like, um, because there's one part where one of the characters comes in and is like, you know, there's actually another team on Earth doing things that, like, are in the other books that, like, we're not a part of. And he was like, um, there's a New Mutants book that I'm not a part of. Like, who thought that was a good idea? Like, how (laughs) dare you do this to me? And I'm like, oh, thank goodness we don't have to deal with you that much because... And then, you know, he's like, I can buy you everything. And then all the women he meets in space, like, hey, I saved you. Want to be together forever. <laughs> Just no. He's such, he's like Star-Lord, but worse. Oh my but gosh, with like, yeah. Is he the one that is has like, he's got the fire powers? Yeah, he's Sunspot. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. All right. Yep. Mr. Drama. He does but... get, he does get better if that helps. Well, he's good. in, he's growth, in some other books character. later, but he, mm. he like, he's much more suffering much more like he's he chills yeah 
He but no, they, wow, that team is, it's something. Because, you know, they're also the younger ones, but they're like, they've been through stuff and they're also like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're means, we can take care of, we can go help people. And yeah, well, they try to help, but then some situations kind of got worse, but also kind of better. They're young. They're still learning how to do the hero thing. Yeah. yeah. Typical, it's, typical kid, yeah. kid superhero stuff. Yeah. So those are something, but lots of crazy things. Oh, side note, that reminded me of something too, which <laughs> there's so much stuff. in. But one thing that's interesting because Krakoa, became like a nation and they wanted to make it official with like the UN and stuff. They also felt like, you know, what do a lot of other countries and stuff have? A lot of them sometimes have their own language. And oh, so right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they like create this own language and stuff. And so anytime like a mutant comes to Krakoa for the first time, like they have like a telepath, like basically like I kind of download like, the language into their head. Yeah. So that you can so use every it, mutant you know, can always speak to each other safely. Yeah. Yes. And Which is funny because still they still can't communicate with Krakoa because Krakoa yeah. doesn't speak Krakoan. Only Doug can speak with Krakoa. <laughs> yeah, that is really funny. Yeah, it's 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 special relationship reasons reasons. Wait, it is. No. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but in the the first like the the prelude, the House of X, uh, Powers of Ten, they do they have like a whole actually like like a section like a key like a a key for oh they write out the language yeah they write out the alphabet and it's like it's not difficult to like to get necessarily um although like how it like the like how it's written is so like it's so like circular based and like stuff like that it's like like, it's a fun little like code and stuff but what's really cool is that like they incorporate this language throughout all these books and like Mm -hmm. little in between little segments and stuff so it's actually fun to like go back and try to like decode some of them like Mm -hmm. some of them like it's kind of like self-explanatory like when you're looking at like you know like you can kind of get the idea the story is going on but some of them like they like give little tidbits of stuff to come because there's this one it's early on and i think excalibur where it like has people's names like coded so you can't, like, easily tell, like, as you're reading this, like, issue, you're like, who are they talking about? You realize, like, this was, like, signed by Apocalypse, who he actually has, like, a new name because some mutants <laughs> take on an old name. So, but since we don't speak your and I don't know how to pronounce his name, but we'll still call him Apocalypse. Oh, that, and that's so. a joke within the community, like, because <laughs> yeah, so people, like, uh, in the book, they're like, he's like, call me, like, it's like a series of, like, hyphens with a fancy <laughs> A. Um, yes. Like, that's my name. And the characters are like, um... Uh, Sure. Can I just call you Apocalypse? And he's like, no, that's not my name. My name is, yeah. like, insert nonsense. And they're just like, uh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> his name's not even, like, it's not in Krakoa, Krakoan, because he's, like, as old as God is, you know? It's, like, his ancient name. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, the humans are just like, we're, we can't, we can't say that. We're not going to do that. You're just Apocalypse. Yeah. And he'll always just continuously try to correct people, and they'll just be like, "He yeah, he corrects no. people all the time," and they're just like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, Jan." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's just kind of funny to see those codes throughout and stuff. And some of them are like pretty crazy lengthy codes to decipher. Like oh, they one are. of them, yeah, I totally deciphered. It was like a whole page, and it ended up being for uh, X Factor, and it was basically mm-hmm. like. Like, what they send to everybody with X-Factor about, like, you know, 
someone you love dead, like, you know, X-Factor Investigations can help you with this. Like, do you need proof of this and that? Like, call X-Factor Investigations. <laughs> and it goes through, like, their whole little spiel. And then it says, like, you know, you know, are you worried about, like, do you not want somebody knowing that you're sending us a tip or something? Well, contact us through these magical pod stuff and everything, which X-Factor is another group and they basically solve mystery, solve murders you know, mm-hmm. give proof so that people can be resurrected because they're not going to resurrect anybody just, you know, just because you say they need to be resurrected. Like, you know, we have to have proof. Oh, yeah. There needs to dead. be like yeah. proof that they're really dead and and all this other stuff. You know, um, you're talking about like all the, the crazy inserts and stuff in the books. Yeah. Um, have I can't remember because like because you read everything up to like the first event. Um, mm-hmm. Have they started including the Sinister Secrets? Those, there were quite a few early on. Okay, Those great, 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 some... great. Mm-hmm. They're yes. the be- okay, the Sinister Secrets are the best. It's like, this is the hot goss that's going on in yes. like Bar Sinister, which is just Sinister's Sister. bar for him and his clones. Yeah, all <laughs> um, talking. And it's just like, and it's like, but basically it's like, here are some extremely cryptic hints of stuff to come. And sometimes it's like, way down the line like way down the line but they the clues that they give you are not easy to follow like it's one of those things where like you get to that point and you feel like going back to why you're like oh my god that's referring to this like but you wouldn't know with what the clues that they give you mm-hmm. so we might have to sit down and like look at the sinister secrets that they've given and see if you have any like guesses like just for fun yeah because they then and, and those and it's not just for like his book it's like for all the books for yeah. everything that's happening. I did screenshot one further o- or early on. Only a part of it I'll read just because the, the beginning part's funny because with the whole... Oh, like, they're all such a mess. <laughs> the, the laws about like, you know, make more mutants and stuff. It goes, make more mutants, they said. Now be honest, who did you have crossing the finish line first? Probably a pretty redhead or a blonde. Well, nobody got that one right. And I was like, oh, Woof. we know who they're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he doesn't pull his punches. No. Yeah. Just all the digs and all the people and all their drama, you know, the big ones, you know, like Gene. <laughs> Clearly talking about there. <laughs> Which also that like Emma, I feel like we don't get enough of her in this like beginning In the beginning? Portion. No, she's like she's she's kind of she's just yeah, she's well, just she's kind of there for in... stuff to come. Oh no, she's oh no no no, yeah. she's coming. She is, mm-hmm. but she's just at the beginning. She's there with the Marauders because they're establishing like the hierarchy of Hellfire and stuff like that. And she's in like um she's in X Men every so often, just acting as a council member and stuff. But that's really about it. But like once we get past the Ten of Swords event into like mm-hmm. Reign of X, uh no, she's there. Good, um, I'm like, and and then by the by the end of Reign of X, like it's her show. As but, it should but no, be. It, I'm like, sh- there's a yeah. there's a lot of like poor Emma. Like there's a lot of this lady. She's done some things in the past. Like she's done some things in the past, but she is working so hard because she truly believes in the Krakoan dream. She wants. She's trying to make everything perfect because you know for her it's for the children. Yeah, and that's who she cares about so much. Like she cares about Kate mm-hmm. so much specifically too. Like yeah. you really see that. And what I love episodes. their yeah. relationship. Their, that relationship just gets better. It only gets mm-hmm. better. But she works yeah. so hard for the kids. Um, mm-hmm. And when later on, like especially like closer to the end of uh, Reign of X, when like some cracks start to appear, 
She really, she gears herself up and she's just like, you all, you all suck. And we will, we will get through this. Even if that means if I'm, if I have to like puppet your brain into it, we will do this the right way, the right way Mm -hmm. people. And, um, but that's the thing. People don't take her for granted either though. Like, cause she's mom, you know, she, when she issues a threat, people are like, uh, okay, we'll cross that off the list. Cause we can't do that anymore. Um, cause she's not controlling. She's not. That's not who Emma is. But if she catches wind of something and she's like, I'm going to tell you why that doesn't work for everybody. You're not, not for her, but for everybody. Um, yeah. She'll issue threats. Like she gets in the middle of stuff if she needs to. But she always does it with her usual like posh, sassy self until she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Until she doesn't. And when she gets serious, like serious Emma in, in, in the Krakoan age is quite scary. Yeah. And, like, she is, like, very much a businesswoman, but she does Mm -hmm. actually have a huge heart. And, like, Mm -hmm. but because she is that, like, has that businesswoman mindset, like, she can get stuff done. And, like, that's why you need to listen to this woman. Like, she knows what she's talking about. Like, let her rule. (laughs) Let the queen rule. (laughs) Emma is, like, one of my favorite mutants. And the fact that we get so much of her in, in such good, like, different ways, too. Like, she's not just always the same character doing the same things. Like, she's all over the place. But I love getting to see her, especially when she's sticking it to Charles. Good. Because she's, Cause like, she's Charles. always the first in that line. Yeah. And, like, just calling out the hypocrisy. She's just, like, she's, like, we I make that, sure yeah. you all can't call me a hypocrite because I know who I am. You know, I make it work <laughs> for me. But you all, mm Stand around wine and wine all day. Instead of getting to the meat of things and fixing it. Like, come on now. Yeah. Which, speaking of Emma, too, like, one person that we get to, like, see her interact with and stuff, who I'm like, at first when I saw him, I was like, who the heck is Christian and why don't I remember who this is? And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is her brother. I was like, wow, that's been a long time. You mean, um, you mean Bobby's new boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> For real. But oh my gosh, I don't know if you've ever gone back to read uh like Emma Frost like kind of like origin story. It was like a mini series or something like about like her early life. Is it like, like growing like, up and like her siblings and stuff? Yeah. I think I've I have I don't think I've like read it myself, but I've heard so much about it. I think I like I think I I can remember everything that like happens in it. Yeah. I don't I thought it was really good. Like I definitely recommend like that's a good read to start with that like gives more of a background on Emma and also I think especially that t- time like also gives more of like a better look. Not that she has always been the villain, but I think a lot of people still her- probably mm-hmm. see her as a villain, but like it shows like what crap she grew up with and what messed up family, but like that the only like person in her family she could rely on was her brother, Christian that he yeah. was like Mm-hmm. the one that because like, they're the like, they're the only yeah. mutants in the family right no they're not wait are is the older sister a mutant i thought both sisters were i think there's two other sisters remember. but because one of them's like Emma freaking specifically crazy. wanted them to stay dead or something and so i think that's why they haven't appeared yet maybe like they're evil makes sense yeah. well because didn't one of them blew blew up her school right and like yeah. killed like all of her kids mm-hmm. and yeah and it was they just like, to be petty. Like, it was just to be like, see, look, you can't protect anybody. It wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't for a good reason at all. No, they're true mean girls. They berated her, did terrible things to her as a child. Like, you know, they were nasty sisters. And especially yeah. the one was definitely worse than the other. But like, 
and then like Christian growing up in that family and stuff and then like like saying like you know telling people that he was gay and his family because you know of course you're not that not for, only do you for have him it was one thing to be gay but it's also a mutant so yeah but both of those things were like yeah a no thing in the family just and dealing with all that and how Emma was the only one there for him type thing but yeah I I had completely forgotten about him and I was just like, oh, like, wow, that's and cool then to he's see there. him and like that. He seems to be, <laughs> he seems to be doing okay, at least right now. And I'm like, yeah. that's good because he is, mm-hmm. he's been through a lot, like those two and stuff, but yeah. yeah. And his so like, was... and his ship is like super cool. He controls <laughs> it with a piano. Like, okay, yes. like, how gay are we going to be? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but also he's still, he's also sleeping with Iceman. So, I mean pretty yeah. gay so <laughs> but oh man yep it's it's a good time but another fun character you know i guess i don't know you can't really call these characters fun but some in some ways but you know another good character well i mean it provides here. good yeah. good stories and good entertainment and stuff so yeah for sure oh gosh if we've talked about so much x-men i anything i know else want to highlight i mean we could keep going forever we we this could is, i like think we've said we've yeah <sighs> So this is really like everything we've talked about today is kind of like the first arc. It's like the first mm-hmm. uh, the first year of the Krakoan age, more or less. And we didn't really talk about specific stories, just kind of like the structure and stuff. This is this is the dawn of X. Um, every every year is kind of a new like page in the Krakoan storybook, and this is kind of where it all begins. I think next time we'll probably talk about like the big event that ends the dawn of x mm-hmm. um and it it's 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 pretty wild um it's a great intro into like what's what's coming uh in the next year um so listeners we really hope that you liked listening to us go on and yes. on about it <laughs> if you came in with if you came out of this with more questions than answers always rely on google google and youtube on with these things are your friend but also you can ask us too and we will um yes we will help. We will educate and help you out. Find you know where where to find more of this character and this storyline and stuff. Mm-hmm. We are so happy to talk about X Men, like yes, so much. And this is we've only started scratching the surface of the Krakoan age. So um, so in Ch- Chelsea, sure. she's gonna have it a lot more in her head than I am during these segments. Um, because I've been reading since it started, like as it's been coming out. Um, so mm-hmm. I've been trying to go and kind of catch up and remember a lot of these things. But this is all pretty fresh for Chelsea. Yep, I'm reading it for the first time. Yes. So for the next episode, guys, if you if you kind of want to be there with us, we're going to be diving into the um, the Ten of Swords event um, and all of the absolute wacky nonsense that comes out <laughs> of that. Think think of it basically as X Men's first tournament arc. But kind of on steroids because it's not it's not a one on one punch them in the face till they're done kind of thing. It's a whole other mess. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you have some things that you feel like we just barely glossed over, let us know. Send us an email. Find us on social media. We are all over the place, and we would love to hear from you, especially about mutant stuff. Yes, indeed. And so, anything anything left left to add, Chelsea? I don't think so. I think it's more of thanks so much for listening to this episode, guys. And like we said, we're going to be continuing on talking about 
X-Men and general mutants. So we hope that you will join us along for the ride and make sure that you are subscribed so that you don't miss out when we release our next episode dealing with the X-Men. So until next time. See ya.